The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And then, when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we hear the account of the Transfiguration. It is an important account because it's repeated in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and Mark. But for us to truly understand its importance and how it's applicable to us, we have to go right back into the Old Testament where it finds its roots. So back in the book of Exodus, chapters 24 and 34, we have Moses going up a mountain. Now, Moses was leading the Israelites out of physical slavery in Egypt into the Promised Land through the desert. This was called the Exodus. In the desert, he stops at Mount Sinai. God calls him to go up the mountain, and he takes with him his three closest friends, collaborators, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. Nadab and Abihu are brothers. They go up the mountain together, and they encounter God. God comes down and speaks to Moses from the glory cloud and reveals to Moses the law, the Ten Commandments. Moses becomes transfigured. His face begins to shine with the very glory of God because he's been there now 40 days. And when he comes down the mountain, the people see he has been transfigured. And then he continues his ministry, leading the people through the desert with this new revelation, the Torah. With that background, we get to now today's gospel from Matthew chapter 17. Jesus goes up the mountain. He brings his three closest collaborators, Peter, James, and John. James and John are brothers. When they go up the mountain, they encounter God. God speaks from the glory cloud and says, This is my beloved son, listen to him. And the face of Jesus and his clothes become bright, radiating, not just the glory of God, but the divinity of Christ, his own divinity. In that sense, he is perfecting what was begun in the Old Testament with Moses. Jesus is the new Moses. He goes up the mountain. He is the new law, the new covenant. And who was with him on the mountain? 
not just Peter, James, and John, but Moses and Elijah from the Old Testament. What's interesting is that Moses and Elijah are speaking to Jesus about the new Exodus. We see that in the parallel account in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9 of the Transfiguration. And that's significant because Jesus, the new Moses, is now leading us, because we're included now, in a new exodus, not from physical slavery to captivity in Egypt, but spiritual slavery to sin, addiction. He's bringing us out of that bondage through our lives to the true promised land of heaven. So that's the significance of the transfiguration event. When Jesus comes down the mountain, he continues his ministry with Peter, James, and John, and he does something very significant. Just before he goes up another mountain, Mount Calvary, to experience his crucifixion, he brings Peter, James, and John and the other apostles to the upper room where he institutes the Eucharist. He brings out bread and wine, and he says, this is my body, this is my blood. So he transfigures, in a sense, the bread and wine into his own presence. Better term is transubstantiates. And he does that because he knows that we are on a journey in this life, and it's treacherous because there is all kinds of temptation and sin that can cause us to stumble on our way. And we're meant to come here at this Mass and experience our own transfiguration because that's what the Mass is. Remember what happens at the midpoint of the Mass. We enter into this Eucharistic prayer. And at the beginning of the Eucharistic prayer, there is what's called the epiclesis. And the epiclesis is the Holy Spirit coming down like the glory cloud in the book of Exodus and with the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17. It comes down on the altar and transubstantiates the bread and wine into Christ. And we are to take Christ into ourselves and be transfigured ourselves and to take part in this divine nature of God. That's what it means to be Catholic, to partake of the divine nature, which is Christ, because we need to be radiating the glory of God in our lives. Even though we go through our own dark valleys and sufferings, just as the transfiguration was meant to strengthen the apostles for the journey ahead because they were going to face the crucifixion of Christ and then in the early Roman Empire, their own martyrdoms, and they needed that strength, so we need the strength of Christ. I'll just end with this very brief story I came across. It's basically about the transfiguration, but in a new way of speaking. So there's a story about a Christian woman who was always bright, cheerful, and optimistic, even though she was confined to her room because of an illness. She lived in an attic apartment on the fifth floor of an old, run-down building. A friend decided to visit her one day and brought along another woman, a very wealthy woman. Since there was no elevator, the two women began the long climb upward. When they reached the second floor, the wealthy woman commented, what a dark and filthy place. Her friend replied, 
it's better higher up. When they arrived at the third floor, the remark was made, things look even worse. Again, the reply, it's better higher up. Finally, they reached the attic level where they found the bedridden woman of God. A smile on her face radiated the joy that filled her heart. Although the room was clean and flowers were on the windowsill, the wealthy visitor could not contain herself about the stark surroundings and blurted out, it must be very difficult for you to be here like this. Without a moment's hesitation, the shut-in responded, it will be better higher up. There's a woman who's been transfigured by her faith. Even though she's bedridden, suffering, she radiates the joy of Christ because she's obviously in a relationship with Christ. And that's what we're called to be as well. It begins with the sacraments, but also with our prayers and our works of charity. Our whole life is meant to be transfigured because as this woman found out, even through the suffering, she knows where she's going. We know where we're going. It's much, much better higher up.